we're turning once again to Matthew's Gospel and to chapter 5. Matthew's Gospel and chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 33. We're considering this last Lord's Day, uh, the section from verse 33 to verse 37. We'll be continuing on today. So, uh, from verse 33... Again, ye have heard that it hath been said of by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communion be, communication be, yea, yea, and nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. <coughs> Amen. Let's ask the Lord's help as we consider the words of the Saviour this morning. Our Father, we come before thee once again this day and we ask that you give us an understanding, give us a receptive heart. Lord, we need a a comprehension of the spirit of the Lord. Remember how James and John sought to call down fire from heaven upon some who uh, spake against thee, and thou didst say unto them, Ye know not what spirit ye are of. Lord, we pray that as we consider the word of God this day, that we might know the influence of the Holy Spirit and of thy grace and of thy mercy. Lord, we pray that thy blessing would be upon us. Help us, we ask, to understand what is said here today. Help me in the preaching of it. Help me in the hearing of it. And indeed, help each one in the hearing of thy word this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to look at verse 33, uh, verse 38, rather, uh, down to verse 42 where the Lord Jesus continues. But you'll see that there's a slight difference here in the way that he, he speaks. In verse 21, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, 
and we've noted how that that word by can also be to and it's probably uh, better translated that way ye that have heard that it was said to them of old time thou shalt not kill uh, then again in verse 27 ye have heard that it was said to them of old time thou shalt not commit adultery and again in verse 33 again ye have heard that it hath been said to them of old time thou shalt not forswear thyself but here is a slight difference those all came from the ten commandments uh, which is the uh, the great law the great tables of the law written in stone by god's own finger Uh, The laws which were subsequently given to Moses are not written by the finger of God. They were uh, laws, first of all, uh, to guide and to direct. They were laws particularly for the nation. Uh, They were for the time. Sometimes they were for the time while Israel was in the wilderness. And also there are those who are specifically mentioned of those that would be continued on in the land which the Lord God gave them. And we saw in Deuteronomy that continual reference to the inheritance which the Lord thy God giveth you. So there are uh, these laws. And then, of course, there are the laws of the, uh, or the, the spiritual laws which are all fulfilled in Christ. Uh, those laws concerning the sacrifices and those things that should be done uh, to maintain a communion with God, those things as well are given to Moses. And they were given after the Ten Commandments were given. You remember how that uh, in chapter 19, God said that all the people would be priests, they would all be blessed. But when Moses came down the mountain, they already had built an idol, and uh, God added laws at that point and uh, uh, tightened up so much uh, the way that they might realize that salvation was not by their works but their salvation was by the grace of God (coughs) so here when it comes to verse 38 it says ye have heard that it hath been said not that it was said to them of old time thou shalt not but thou hast ye have heard that it hath been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth Uh, Not the full quotations of those places, but he is picking out these two in particular because that is the part which was remembered then and pretty much that's the part which is remembered now probably for this very reason that the New Testament is preached on more than the Old Testament. Uh, We tend to uh, uh, avoid preaching from those hard parts of the Old Testament lest it gives a, a a wrong impression or uh, that we uh, are caught in, in some kind of a, uh, a, a trap, uh, entrap ourselves. And so very often these things are not preached on. I try not to do that. I try to, to come and face them up and, and see what is being actually said. So we will make some reference to those things uh, this day yeah, from Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, things which the world would consider extremely harsh, and not the way of Jesus, uh, but the way of the Old Testament God. And they try and make a difference between the Old Testament God and uh, the New Testament God. But there is no difference. Uh, we know that Jesus said, I and my Father are one. So, therefore, we need to look at these things and see what they mean to us. So I want to consider then these words from verse 38 down to verse 42. And we'll read them one more time. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at law, and take away thy coat, 
let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn turn not thou away. So I want to begin with the operation of justice. In fact, we'll just give you the, the three headings that I want to look at today. The operation of justice, first of all, the observations of Jesus, and the outworking of judgment. The operation of justice. Of course, justice is something which is um, a balance, a just balance. We read of the, uh, of the words of the Lord in the Old Testament about people having a just balance. And so uh, things were weighed truly. Of course, there has always been this um, corruption in man's heart to try and get a little bit more than is equal. And in old times, when, gold, when coins were made of gold, uh, people used to uh, clip the sides off the coins and then make another coin, or at least weigh the gold and keep the gold uh, from the sides of coins, so the coins weren't actually worth what they were supposed to be worth. And those who were particular uh, would weigh the coin and make sure that it was a complete coin and not, not just a part of a coin. And, and so a just weight was very important. Uh, you weren't to have uh, balances which were fixed in some way. In this country, we have a, a department of government, don't we, called weights and measures. Uh, sometimes you'll see, if you go to a petrol station, uh, on the petrol pump there, that this pump has been checked. Uh, and so they go round to the petrol pumps and they check that the gallon or the litre in these days, uh, which is given to you, is a true litre, that they're not uh, giving you a short measure for your money. And uh, there's something at the moment, isn't there, about uh, petrol stations keeping back the five pence which the Chancellor sought to give to everybody. Uh, and so the, the fuel has stayed the same price and the petrol stations are making the money uh, rather than people being eased of the burden of paying for it. A short measure. And so justice is that equilibrium. We know on the courts of justice in London, we have the lady there with the balances in her hand. And that's what justice is all about. It is uh, an equilibrium. It is bringing things up so that things are equal. Uh, Now, uh, we will consider that in just a moment. But that is what is being spoken of in these portions of Scripture. (coughs) Now, we're going to look at three of them. uh, And the last of these is probably the one which the Lord Jesus particularly makes reference to because of the context uh, which surrounds it. But the first of them is found in Exodus and chapter 21. If you have your Bible, it's always good to uh, look at these things and uh, sometimes even to make a note in the margin. I don't know whether you mark your Bibles. I know that uh, some don't like to do that. Uh, I think of the paper version of the word which is written in heaven is for our instruction. And therefore, sometimes it is a good thing to make a mark in it. Um, I know that uh, Muslims in particular think that's a a horrendous thing to do, to mark the scriptures, because they idolize the book, uh, not this book, but their own book. They idolize the book uh, rather than the word which is in it. We don't idolize the book, but we do idolize, if you might uh, use that term, terminology, God's word, because God has spoken it. So in Exodus then, and chapter 21, if we look down to verse 22, Uh, These are the words written there through to verse 25. If men strive and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow, he he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him 
and he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. You can see why that's not the whole quotation that you hear these days, just uh, uh, eye for eye and tooth for a tooth. Uh, That's where everybody can remember the rest of that. Uh, But here is a situation, and it, it is seeking to bring a justice now, because it is speaking about the, the fruit of the woman's womb, uh, in those days that could not be guaranteed that the child would be born, and therefore uh, it, it, there was a payment to be made as the judges determined. But note those words, as the judges determine. So God puts these things into the hands of the judges that they might look upon them, that they might make a judgment. Was this an intentional thing? Was this a mistake? Was this uh, wholly an accident? And and there was neither intent, uh, neither was there negligence. It was just one of those things that happened. And so uh, there is this uh, which is given. But if she loses her life, uh, and it says there, and yet no mischief follow, that is that there is some ongoing problem that the woman suffers. Uh, Or if she loses her life because of it, because that also could happen. We know that lots of women uh, have and do still lose lose their lives in childbirth. If any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, so on. What it is saying here is not literally if a tooth is lost, then knock out a tooth. It is saying there needs to be an equilibrium. There needs to be a balance and it needs to be equal to what has happened. And that is what we seek for in justice, isn't it? And people often complain in this day and age that perhaps someone has been killed and the, and the killer uh, has been given a, a sentence of, uh, say, uh, 30 years. And they say, well, 30 years is not long enough that they ought to stay in for longer. That someone has been driving erratically or on, on drink or on drugs and they've killed someone and they, they, they receive a, a, a judgment and perhaps they might be jailed but, but, but for three years or something. But here is a case of negligence and mischief has followed and there needs to be a balance. And, and there are lots of cases which we read about in the newspapers where people are, uh, are shocked and appalled at the sentences which are given to some because they don't fit the crime. And that, those, those words we hear of uh, about the sentence should fit the crime. That is what God is saying here. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And the, the punishment should fit the crime. The second of the readings is from Leviticus and chapter 24. Leviticus chapter 24. And in uh, chapter 24, sorry, verse 19, I should have given you the verse as well. I should have given myself the verse as well, and I've been on the right page. Uh, so verse, um, chapter 24 of Leviticus and verse 19, where we read, And if a man cause a blemish in his neighbor, as he hath done, so shall it be done to him. Breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And he that killeth a beast, he shall restore it. And he that killeth a man, he shall be put to death. Ye shall have one manner of law, as well for the stranger, as for one of your own country. For I am the Lord your God. 
Again, the thought here is the equality or the balancing of the judgment against uh, the one for the crime which has been committed. This balance, this operation of justice, this exacting of a pertinent price. Uh, there are some things which can't be balanced, of course. We just go back to that which we saw from uh, from Exodus, and if a if a woman with child, and what if she is damaged, and her womb is that which is damaged, and a man is the one who's caused the damage? Well, he can't give womb for womb, can he? Uh, so that just gives you the context of what is being said here. It is a matter of balance. It's a matter of justice. That justice should be equal. And then the one which I think that the Lord has particularly in mind because of its context is in Deuteronomy. And chapter 19. Deuteronomy in chapter 19. This one's a little bit longer. Um, not very much longer than the others, but uh, just slightly. So Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 18. The reason I uh, speak about the context here is that in, in uh, Matthew 5, you will see that immediately before it talks about, Thou shalt not forswear thyself but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths, which is what we were speaking about last Lord's Day. In this uh, particular scripture, we see there in verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 16, uh, no, verse, where am I now? Let me get my place in the right place. I think we'll go from verse 15, actually. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. Just to, uh, just to make a point here, witnesses, this is where you only have witness statements. It doesn't necessarily mean that if there, are, uh, if there is evidence, uh, as well as witnesses, that the evidence should not be looked at. But witnesses can be unreliable. They don't necessarily see or remember or recall exactly what is seen. And so, therefore, one witness is not a reliable witness. Even Jesus himself says, if I witness of myself, my witness is not true. There's another that witnesses of me, and I know that his witness is true. Uh, so Jesus is not saying there that if he witnesses of himself, then it's a lie. He is saying it is not true in, that, in the fact that it can't be verified. So it's just, it's just what he says. So one witness in the mouth of two or mouth of three witnesses shall a matter be established. Verse 16, if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. So here we are looking at evidence now and looking to find out what is being what what is the truth. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. And those which remain shall hear and fear and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And thine eye shall not pity but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. So in the context of that, it follows on from what Jesus had just been speaking about and is probably uh, the, the most likely of the references uh, which would be particularly upon his mind as he speaks. 
But of course, those other things would immediately spring to mind as well. Jesus would know all of the scriptures, and so uh, those other things which have been said. So to draw from them the the, um, the differences between the three passages, what can we learn here? First of all, he shall pay as the judges determine. And in uh, Deuteronomy 19, verse 18, the judges shall make diligent inquisition. Uh, secondly, the law is for everyone. Uh, in Leviticus 24, 22, you shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. Then also we can say uh, that there is a reason for these things in Deuteronomy 19 and verse 20, and those which remain shall hear and fear and shall henceforth commit no more such evil among you, and thine eye shall not pity. So here is the, the justice then. This is the thought of justice. Justice is there uh, to uh, bring back a, a, a balance. It is to make the, uh, the punishment fit the crime. It is also uh, there as a deterrent, as this scripture also says, that it should be de- deterring others from working or walking in the same way. And it is in the hand of judges, remembering that the Lord is the judge over the judges. So even the judges have a judge. I think one of the benefits and one of the good things as we think about the Queen's Jubilee this year is that the Queen always acknowledged that God was her king. And even though she is the Queen and she has a a, a sovereign authority as far as it goes, she always remembered that God is her judge, that she may be queen among men, but God is king over all. And that is a very important thing. And everybody who has any kind of authority needs to remember that same thing, that God is our judge. So there are lots of people with authority. We've got people with authority here in the congregation today. We have uh, teachers uh, in the congregation. They have authority. Always remember that God has authority over you. And he watches how you use that authority. If you have authority over other workers, uh, then remember that God watches over you and he is your authority. So these things are very important to, to say. But when we think about exacting a pertinent price, we have to remember that this is seeking to bring equilibrium in a perverse world. And because it's a perverse world, you never can get an equilibrium. For instance, if you have killed someone, killing the person that killed them doesn't bring back the person who was killed. You're giving the life uh, the, uh, uh, in e- equality from the person whose life was taken, but that doesn't make inequality. It brings two people dead instead of uh, just the one. It doesn't, because what can you do? You can't, you can't say, well, we're going to take your life. You killed him, so you're going to give your life to him. I mean, that would be, that would be a, a perfect uh, example if that was possible, but it's not possible. God says, in that situation, because you have killed someone who was created in my image, then send that person directly to me, and I will judge them. And that's really what is being said there. Of course, in this day and age, in this country, people don't believe in God. So therefore, uh, taking someone's life who has killed someone else doesn't seem to be any judgment at all. But in actual fact, uh, they uh, seek to give their judgment in this time. And, uh, and seek to add, in fact, to that judgment. But we are in a, in a perverse world, and bringing an equilibrium is difficult. 
So Jesus goes on then in verse 39 and he says, But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So this idea of a, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth had moved out of the idea of, the, of national justice, where things are going back before judges, that there might be a judgment made, into the common uh, understanding of how you deal with things. So if somebody punches you, you punch them back. Uh, if somebody steals from you, you steal from them. Uh, or whatever it may be, you, you just get into it with them and, uh, and strive one against another. That's not what the scripture was there for in the first place. And those who seek to denigrate the scripture and say, oh, yeah, well, the Old Testament says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But the New Testament says turn the other cheek. And uh, that's a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. Not a contradiction at all, because in the Old Testament, it was talking about the justice of the courts. And in the New Testament, it's talking about personal responsibility. And so it's not speaking about the same thing. It's not a contradiction. It is uh, an, an enlightenment, really, for our walk before the Lord. Uh, so when he speaks about evil as well, we have to be a little bit careful uh, the word evil is a word which has been translated from the Greek word poneros. Poneros can also mean distress. It can be something which is, uh, is troubling. It is something which is annoying. Uh, and so it, it, we can say, well, it's an evil, but it's an evil of a, of a kind of a distressing, annoying kind rather than uh, the kind of evil, when we use the word evil in English, we're usually speaking about the devil or uh, black magic or uh, some kind of a, a, an uncleanness uh, as being an evil. Well, here, it's, it's the kind of a thing which is a, a, a troubling us. There is another word which is used for evil, the word kakos, uh, which means pernicious, evil, bad. Uh, we use the word in the, in the uh, English word cacophony uh, when you have a terrible noise and people uh, like, uh, I think I mentioned this before, uh, if you go into a music lesson in school and all the children have got their own instruments and the teacher's just walking in through the door and hasn't got control of the class yet, there's this terrible cacophony of, of sound where you've got cymbals goings and drums goings and trumpets goings or whatever else may be, uh, the, the instruments in the class, and they're all playing something different, and you walk in there and you think, this is horrendous. That's the word. It is uh, an evil. It is a, an assault upon our ears. So kakos means evil and bad, pernicious. This word is the one which is distressing. So, again, here we have this equilibrium in a perverse world it's very difficult to have a, a, a perfect justice we have to make balances we have to try to get as close to justice as we can but when it comes to what Jesus is saying here he is speaking within a context when we think about the operations of justice Paul says in Romans 13 and verse 3 for rulers are not a terror to good works but to the evil that is the word kakos. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Here is the operation of justice. Now here, 
where the Lord Jesus is making his observation in this uh, second thought, this second point here, we see the context of his teaching, first of all. What is the context? We always have to remember context. Context is very important. And what the Lord Jesus is saying here is that our righteousness needs to be uh, and needs to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, going back to verse 20. And this is where he begins with thou shalt not kill. This is where he enters into these thoughts of the commandments of God and how we should take them. This is where he is filling full the law. But the basis of what he is saying here in verse 20 is, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And this was an issue which Jesus had with the scribes and Pharisees often, wasn't it? Well, they... Um, they tithe mint and cumin, uh, but they, they made uh, a theft of, of widows' houses. Uh, and so they, the weightier matters of the law, which was that we should uh, care for those, care for the widow and the fatherless, they set those aside. But those little things where they strained at a gnat uh, were the things of the tithing of the mint and cumin. That, that was a, an easy thing for them to do. But they were corrupt. So Jesus is saying here, in your personal life, in order that you have a righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, remember that when someone comes and, uh, and they're annoyance to you, when they are uh, troubling you and they smite you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. A soft answer, uh, the, the wise man Solomon says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So the observation of Jesus, first of all, the context of his teaching is that your righteousness should exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. That you are not to be looking at people and say, and say, I need a tooth for that tooth. I need an eye for that eye. I want to get vengeance. I want to get back at you. I'm never going to forget what you said to me. I'm never going to forget what you did to me. I'm going to get you back for that. That is not the heart and that is not the attitude uh, that we know not what spirit we are of if that is our attitude in our life. And so just to open up then the content of Jesus' teaching here, in verse 40 we read the words, And if any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Now, I always think that the best way of uh, interpreting scripture is to turn to scripture and find some place where it is opened out. So if we turn for a moment to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 1. And we read there, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust, and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, 
because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? So here we have uh, the apostles' uh, take on these very words. I mean, he hasn't quoted Jesus, but yet he is saying pretty much the same thing, that we should be able to get together. We should be able to thrash out problems. We should be able uh, to to, uh, rather take judgment than to bring disrepute upon the word of God or upon the name of Christ. The Lord Jesus received stripes, beatings, and all kinds of things because of the gospel's sake, for your sake, for my sake, that he might redeem us. And he says the same thing also to us. In verse 41 then, in, uh, in Matthew, verse 41, we read, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. What is it saying here? Well, who can compel us to go a mile? We might think, well, there might be a thief who comes up and grabs us by the arm, makes us go with him. Is that what the Lord is speaking about here? I wonder if rather it might be fitted with uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 5 and Colossians 3 and verse 22. Ephesians 6 and verse 5, servants. Now, servants, of course, we think of as being uh, the servants of the old time, the servants of, uh, of the Romans, the slaves of the time. But we're all servants in some way or other. Uh, we uh, speak of a service sector, don't we, in, uh, amongst employments. And we all serve those who pay our wages. So there is a service. We are servants. So this applies to everybody, pretty much, who works. Uh, and even those sometimes who don't work, uh, but who have responsibilities nevertheless. Ephesians 6 and verse 5, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service, as to the Lord, <coughs> and not to men, <coughs> knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So what does it say then? It says, with good will doing service as to the Lord. That is going the second mile. And that's entered into the parlance of English, hasn't it? Going the second mile. And what Jesus is saying here is that when we, are, when we have something which is given for us to do, and perhaps we don't particularly like it, well, then do it with pleasure. Do it ple- pleasantly. Even do more than is asked of you that you might have a testimony as one who serves God and not simply men. Colossians 3.22, similarly, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So again, he is saying, if you are asked to go a mile, go twain. Do extra. Give more of yourself than you need to give, rather than less. Don't skimp on your service, but honor the Lord. And here, I think that the Lord is saying, uh, you might have something against uh, the person who is telling you to do something or other. But nevertheless, 
we should take that and that we should go on. In fact, the context says it continues and Jesus continues in verse 43. You have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you. And so the context continues. This is the attitude that we are, that we are giving, that we are, that we are serving and serving the Lord. And then verse 42 of uh, Matthew Uh, where we read give to him that asketh of thee and from him that would borrow of thee turn not thou away in James 2 verse 14 James writes what doth it profit my brethren though a man say he hath a faith and hath not works can faith save him if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them depart in peace be ye warmed and filled notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body what doth it profit Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And again, here, if somebody seeks to borrow, if somebody has a need, then give it freely. And this is what the Lord desires of us, that we should have a righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And of course, we see then also the consistency of the teacher who upon the cross of Calvary says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We think of the story of Jairus, who came to Jesus, and he besought him to come with him. And Jesus went that second mile. He was interrupted. He began to go with Jairus, and the woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment. And then as soon as that uh, episode was over, uh, someone came from Jairus' house and said, it was too late, don't bother the master anymore because your daughter has died. But Jesus goes the second mile and he says, don't worry about that, I'm coming with you now. She's not dead, she's just sleeping and I'll awake, I'll awake her. And of course, Jesus raises her from the dead. He goes in all the things that he teaches, he does them himself. So finally, Just to sum up, really, the outworking of judgment. This is our judgment of situations. Turn with me uh, just to this last reference to Romans and chapter 12. Romans 12. And we've referenced Romans 12 before in, in uh, in our considerations of Matthew 5. But Romans 12 and verse 16 Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So the Lord is not denigrating the Old Testament, the 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 eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Justice is needful, but is under the hand of judges. But when it comes to you, if you are walking in the ways of the Lord, if you are to seek uh, to know the blessing of the Lord, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth at the beginning of this very chapter. 
If we want to know the blessing of the Lord, then in our own personal judgments, in our own personal lives, in our attitudes toward others, Jesus says, not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but go the extra mile. Be kind. Seek to win by your testimony that you serve the Lord and not men. Seek to win them also for the Lord. May the Lord bless this word to our hearts and enable us to put into practice that which the Lord sets before our minds. We're going to sing then our last hymn. Is your life a channel of blessing? Is the love of God flowing through you? Are you telling the lost of the Saviour? Are you ready his service to do?